Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Silver Birch Ranch in the north woods of Wisconsin. I encourage you to check out all the camps, retreats, and activities that we do up here if you've never been here before. Uh, we have multiple ministries that go along with Silver Birch Ranch. We have a one-year Bible college called Nicolay Bible Institute, and we also have another smaller camp setting just down the road from us called the Wolf River Refuge, which is a more intimate place that could be great for a youth group or church ministry where you can... Uh, Small groups. Take the whole place yeah. to yourself right on yep. the Wolf River, and that's a lot of fun as well. So whatever it is, we'd love to have you join us and unplug from the busyness and chaos of life so that you can reconnect not only with God but also each other. Yeah. Um, it's a great place to do that and come and have fun, and you get to hang out with goons like Dave and myself. There you go. And um, I would encourage if you're a young person, I mean 30 or under, and you really are wondering if you should you know, go somewhere where you can get a good training in the Bible and learn how to really serve God in a— a very practical way. Check out Nicolay Bible Institute. Uh, wonder no more. When young, <laughs> wonder we, no more. Yeah, when, <laughs> that when, sounds like a band name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe we'll start one. Um, you know, one of the, the the great things in life, as I talk to young people, they're they're saying, "I don't know what to do because I don't know what my future is." I always say, "Well, narrow it down to what you know you'll do anyway." Yeah. What am I going to do anyway? Is their first. What do you mean? I mean, you want to be able to serve people. Right? Yeah. Right. I want to, you want to know the Bible, right? Right. You want to represent them well no matter where you go. Right. Right. Yeah. You got it. Well, then go somewhere that does that. You may not need to learn how to be a welder or you may not need to learn accounting yet or some of that stuff, but go to a place that teaches you basic principles in life. And if you do that, you won't be sorry you ever went and it'll make you a better person. And the Nicolay Bible Institute does that. Mm-hmm. You know, it focuses on the things in life that are very important to know and very important to be able to do, regardless of whatever profession you really choose down the road. So um, if you're in that category, you're wondering what to do, don't, you know, wonder no more. Go and look at Nicolay Bible Institute and join us and come and understand the importance of the things in life that don't change, which yeah. is God. In, in our Christian response, what theology is, how to apply it. And I think it'll be a year that you will absolutely see transforms your life. So yeah, check it out. Check and, it out. And we'd love to have you around. Uh, we've been going through a list of things I like to teach young people, Jason, at times. We don't really do them in a row here. No, we kind of, yeah. If you listen to our show long enough, sometimes we start off with an intentional thought. And even if we do that sometimes, it ends up going a different direction, yeah. which is fine. That's that's how conversations go. Yep. And that's, you know, the leading of the Lord and just real human of us both. Um, but I've been going through a list where I've said, you know, if I were going to teach a young person something that kind of goes through all the areas of life, not just. You know, how to weld. If if I if you were going to be a welder, I wouldn't teach you that. I'd send you to a welder to yeah. learn that. Yep. But there are principles in life that if you're a believer and if you're a decent, you know, you, you should be representing Christ. So you're going to be a decent worker and and want to you know make your your company successful. There's some general principles that you should apply. Okay. And that's what we've been talking about. And you can always go to silverbirchranch.org and get the past programs of. Younger or older, if you want. Yep. Uh, and they're in there somewhere. I don't remember which one, so you just have to look and listen to them all, I guess. And, That's right. And, and get to it. <laughs> um, however, th- today I want to talk about or start talking about the idea. It's a business idea of jumping into the what's called PERL, P-E-R-L. P-E-R-L. P-E-R-L is percentage of replaceable labor. Okay. Uh, in other words, um, you're always looking for someone else to teach things to as an insider would know. 
Your goal is to make yourself that linchpin while you're looking for opportunities to make sure that if something happens to that linchpin, there's another one that can go in that spot. Yeah. So you're always looking to make the people around you successful. successful yeah. You don't keep secrets. You don't do things to say, I'm so valuable to this company, they won't fire me. Mm -hmm. Because anyone that's ever said that will find out that that's not true. Yeah. Because anyone can lose their job for any reason. And nobody's so valuable in, in general situations. Only God is that valuable. Nobody else is. That, that you can go on and think this person's so valuable. Um, I've talked with men so many times, and they've said, well, my, I'm valuable to my company. I, I said, well, don't go in for a week and see what happens. Mm -hmm. They say, no, I, I, I would lose my job. Oh, you're really valuable then. Yeah. You don't go in. They don't need you anymore. Mm -hmm. They figure out a way to do their work without you. Absolutely. And that's what you're afraid of. Mm. Here's the reality of it. If you have a heart attack today and fall over, wherever you work will probably go on. Yep, they'll figure out a way. Uh, now, if you own the place and you're the only worker, okay, there are exceptions, right. I guess. It, yeah. You know, obviously. There's always a, an exception. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> to you want to point to the exception, go ahead. I'm talking about That's the general right. rule here. And, and so you need to understand that. But to work in a way that, that you're basically saying, I want stability in life and I want stability for the place I work. I want stability for the people around me. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in our ministry at Silver Birch Ranch, you know, we have a guy, I think, that is a genius at uh, business operations. Mm -hmm. So my goal with him is that he makes sure to take the, the people around him and train them in how he does things. Yeah. So that if he doesn't come, he wants to retire, he has something happen to him, all of a sudden nobody really misses a beat. Absolutely. And, and you might take that personal, like, I'm not that important. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not. Right. Here's the difference, though. I want this guy around. Mm -hmm. And I've told him that often. Right. I go to him and say, no, I'm glad you're here. I, I want you here. And that's exactly how God made all of us to be. Mm -hmm. He made us to be people who work so hard because we do everything as under the Lord. We, we're ethical. We're right in what we do. We take care of the people around us, and we have no seekers. We help everybody know what we know. So if we're not there, they can take care of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, essentially, if you're doing your job well enough, you're almost working yourself out of a job. You are, always. You know, and those are the sort of people that, that do well yeah. across the board. And, you know, I've never found, if you really do that well, I've never found where those people aren't wanted around unless there's somebody that's, uh, wanting their position and doesn't want them around because they keep getting promoted because of the way they mm, work. Right. And so then they scheme somehow to get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. However, that shouldn't worry you. I, it, honestly, being wanted by the people around you, being wanted by the workforce is so much more valuable than ever being needed. Yeah. Uh, I've seen guys who have come to me who have worked for places up here like factories or whatever else, and, and they've told me stories about working on the floor and how the, the foreman comes and says, you know, we, we, we don't need you. Mm -hmm. And, um, and they were insulted by that. And they would talk to me and say, you know, I'd like to go to a place where I'm needed. And I say, no, you don't. Yeah, next time he says that, say, yeah, I know. And see what happens. Yeah. You know, and then work in a way where they would actually miss you if mm -hmm. you weren't there. But, Train somebody else. I promise you, it, it, 
if somebody is dealing honestly, when you help somebody else be successful, they will want you around mm -hmm. because they'll see that quality as unique. Mm -hmm. And rather than, you know, if at the end of your life, you can look back in whatever position you're in in life, you trained 10 people to do it. And now they have successful life somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, you're looking at them going, well, thanks, Scott. Yeah. At what a great privilege that is. You know, um, I think I measure my success in life by the success of the young people that have been around. Yeah. You, you know, and if you can do that, um, will they get better than me at what I do? Sure. But that isn't really the issue. Uh, because I think God will always put your body part where it belongs and you'll always be somewhat unique anyway. You might be able to teach them things, but you're always going to be unique in who you are. And, um, and being wanted is very important. So if you are a young person, I would love for you to understand the importance of thinking about always doing your job in a way where you help all those around you know what you're doing. You will create stability in your personal life. You will create stability in everyone else's life. Mm -hmm. um, my wife is, uh, it works in the office here, and, and she's really good at that. She likes helping other people know what she's doing. And um, recently we've been battling through some cancer issues and whatnot, and the nice thing is to know that other people know how to carry on, and all the other staff that would be affected by her keeping secrets aren't affected because of the fact that she was able to help other people know what to do as well. Right. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I, I believe very much in cross-training people that you should know what this person does and that person does. And, um, most of the time, the people don't want to take over their jobs. They just yeah. learn how to live within the context. Well, and I think the reason that these people come so valuable is because it creates almost an atmosphere where you're looking to make other people successful. Right. You know, and so if, if you're not trying to keep a monopoly on your own job, you're really training them to do your job. You know, Absolutely. it's investing into the people around you and beneath you and all that sort of stuff. And that's the value that I think, you know, makes people want to keep those around. I mean, we get college students in here all the time for the summertime or summer staff, you know, and they, they, they apply and we choose them. We, you know, we have about 50 of them for the summertime and we right. plug them in in all different places around camp and we train them, you know, and ultimately we're training them to, to do what we do, mm -hmm. you know, and by the end of the summer, they are doing that. You know, and we're more behind the scenes. And that's not only is it empowering to them, but it it, it, it boosts their ability to lead because somebody's they see that somebody's trusting them with responsibility, putting them in a position to make, man, he he's let me do this. Right. And helps them grow so that ultimately they then can turn around and reproduce. Right. You know, and so rather than just having one person that keeps a monopoly all on and all of a sudden now you have a whole team of people that can reproduce the same work ethic in other people. And that's yeah. that's the cool thing behind it. Yeah, and, that, and that's so critical because as you look at life, you realize one day that's all that's going to matter to you is that everybody you saw, you made them a better body part than they were. So if they're in knee, you, you help them become a better knee. Yeah. And you, you really got to get away from the idea that your life, your livelihood will be threatened. Yeah. Now, it, it may be. As far as if you have a business, you tell somebody all your business secrets and they start their own company and, and they start competing with you, you go, Dave, that was bad advice. Honestly, go if you did it once, do it again. People always be wanting to figure out what you're doing to get what you have and they'll always want to take it from you. Mm. Yep. So 
that's something that's more of a compliment. You know, young pre people, when they come and work here after a while, they, they might say, you know, all these people want me to work for them. And yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. Know what you want to do in life and do it. Don't, don't, get, don't get wowed by yourself. Um, do it, train other people. And if you do choose to go somewhere else, then someone else is ready to step up and take over for you. Mm -hmm. And nobody really misses you. Right. In that sense. In that sense, right. Uh, they would miss you as a person, maybe as a friend, but not, not in the sense of the work being done. Mm -hmm. You failed, actually, if you leave a place and nobody can do your job. Right. I agree. You didn't do what you should do. So I'm telling young people, go into a workforce with that idea in mind. Mm -hmm. You will be unique. Don't worry about being replaced because if you're going to be replaced, you will be regardless. Regardless. Um, train somebody else. Uh, the, the eighth thing I would teach, I only have 10 total, really, that I, right now that it's I would It's taken us, you know, I think, about five episodes to get number eight, yeah. but that's okay. <laughs> the next one is learn to trouble, troubleshoot. Don't give up. Mm. You know, when you look at something and go, I don't know how that happened. I'm totally lost. It's like, yeah, that, that's what happens. Yep. Now, look at it again and figure out why did it happen mm -hmm. and what can I do about this, both, number one, to clean it up. Yep. But whatever the mess is, you know, how do I clean it up now just to get through today? Yeah. And how do we prevent this in the future? That's troubleshooting. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you ever get to the point where you look at your job description and since it doesn't say you have to troubleshoot the problems, you just give it to a supervisor and leave. Uh, unless the person that you're answering to says that's how I want you to handle it, mm -hmm. it might be best to figure out how you can help solve it. Yeah. Instead of saying, that's not my job, that's his job, her job, wh wh whatever's doing it. No, troubleshoot it. Sometimes you're the one who actually sees the problem. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Honestly, if you work on, I'll use a factory floor or something, you work on a factory floor, you hear all the workers around you, you see the problem. Most likely you know what the problem is, why the production's slower. Yeah. The supervisor comes in and everybody starts acting like the supervisor's watching them. Yeah. They're all doing what they should do. The supervisor cannot figure out what the problem is. Yeah. You don't want to deal with it because you'd be a snitch. Mm -hmm. But you know the problem. Yeah. I'm saying be the troubleshooter. Right. Don't be the one who hides the problem. Mm. And that's hard sometimes. Oh, it's very difficult because then everyone gets mad at you. Yeah, right. But, you know, I don't know how many managers, supervisors come and say, do you understand the problem? Can you help me? Because I'm missing something here. Yeah. You know, hopefully... They would, mm -hmm. but in the, in, the, in the long scope of things, if you have to keep correcting something over and over and over again, you should probably start thinking about what you could do differently so you don't have to do it. Yeah. You know, I can use simple things for that in, in our ministry up here. You know, you see them in the winter, it's 100,000 below zero and it's cold, pipes are freezing everywhere, and they're heating underneath the cabin because the cabin got frozen. Uh, I see that once. I go, that's an exception. You see it twice. I go, I go to the guy and say, can we figure out how we don't have to keep doing this? Mm -hmm. That's troubleshooting. Yeah. I mean, is there a way? I remember we had uh, frozen septic systems. We and, did. And, and those who have frozen septic systems know that's not a, a pleasant thought. No. Um, and you got to somehow try and fix them. And for those city folk, yes. In the yes, country, you don't know anything about it. You don't it. know anything we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Sewage systems. It freezes <laughs> up and it backs up in your house. Yeah. So all I did one day, I'm a troubleshooter. So one day um, my house had that problem. 
there was one over here at camp. It was really a cold spell. And I went online. And I just typed in, how do I unfreeze a, a frozen septic system? Yeah. And before you know it, after a while, I saw, oh, they've got, they've got this thing you could put on your, your power washer, this tip that yeah. just makes it a jet. It moves itself forward. You connect it to your hot water tank. You can put it in the, the clean out in one side, and it'll power itself right through that ice eventually. Huh. So I, it was just a hose you bought because we already had the power washer. Yeah. I bought it, bam, right through. Right through. Right through. Yeah. And I thought, troubleshoot, that's good. Now, that is not in my job description. <laughs> right? Well, I, However, I we've used that thing a lot since we've gotten it. Yeah. We've unstuffed a lot. Now, the, the next thing that came is, oh, you know what, septic systems again. I hate to keep using that illustration, but it, it's appropriate because it's not my field, but it's where you start thinking, what can I do to solve it? Yeah. So now roots get in the drain field. And I'm not going to explain septic systems to you, but that's a bad thing. And so you got to get the roots out. So I'm going, hmm, how do you get the roots out? So I, I went around and started to ask a bunch of guys, how do you get the roots out of a, a, a drain field without having to dig the whole thing up? Yeah. I, you know, Dave, this isn't your lane. You know what I mean? <laughs> Go do something that you actually know what to do. Yeah. No, nobody's solving it. I want to solve it. Yeah. That's the troubleshoot thing that I encourage people to do. Uh, don't get satisfied with things that don't work. Mm -hmm. Keep looking for a way to fix it. So eventually I talked to a guy and he said, yeah, you got to hire a plumber. I said, that's not my answer. You know what I mean? I said, what do they do? Well, he said, they get this little thing that you, you know, they got this machine that, that is like a snake. If you know anything about plumbing, there's snakes. And, yep. and it has a blade on the end and it just cuts right through them all. Hmm. I said, okay, that sounds good. And so then I was telling our guy, Dan, in charge of our, our, all of our maintenance stuff. And he said, oh, we have one of those machines. We do. <laughs> yeah. He, he said, we never used it. It was brand new. And the guy said, we needed it. So we got it. There you go. So I went and got it right through. I had roots in my, right through. Hmm. Now, troubleshooting. You know, I just saved both in the winter and the summer thousands and thousands of dollars because I wanted to troubleshoot it rather than just say, oh, no, I'm helpless. Yeah. Now, it doesn't always work, I understand. But the way you troubleshoot is by acknowledging the problem going to somebody you think that can help you fix it, asking questions, don't stop until somehow it's fixed. Mm -hmm. You will be so valuable to whatever place you work for Yeah, if you will troubleshoot things rather than just accept things that don't work. Mm -hmm. And and really develop a mind frame then. And you yeah. you stay places longer because instead of just getting frustrated, you... Right, and the byproduct is flexibility then. Absolutely. You know, and that's a huge asset to be, you know. I mean, I, I mean, if you've ever done camping ministry, whew, you need to troubleshoot all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and I've said. When you, when you work with 350 high schoolers, man, you're going to have to troubleshoot at times because some, one of the, at least one of them is going to do something. <laughs> Every day. Every day. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to some of our staff about that. You know, we build, we're building a new cabin and it's going to be very nice and, and, um, and one of the things is these cabins have a little crawl space in above the bathrooms. Yep. And on this new cabin, they're going to close that up. Yep. And I said, good, because, you know, we don't want kids to go up there and crawl. You know what I mean? That, that, you're dealing with kids. You don't want them to go up there and crawl. And, and the guy who's building it looked at me and just said, yeah, they should learn not to. I said, well, that's in an ideal world, yes. <laughs> yes, we could tell them not to. Yeah. 
In other words, here's how I've troubleshot it through the years. Mm-hmm. I've realized that you take the temptation away. Yeah, the ideal, <laughs> the ideal is to have all extremely well-behaved young men and women. Yeah, but if you leave a temptation like that, not only that, we've learned that on the inside of cabins, you put exterior rough wood to stop graffiti. It'll ruin their pen if they use it. Well, not only that, but also to prevent patching drywall. That's right. So when you look at it, instead of living under the umbrella of, we got to teach people not to do graffiti. And by the way, I totally am for teaching people not to do graffiti. Totally. I think it's not right. You shouldn't do it. It's destructive. You got to teach it. But to pretend for a moment that that's always going to happen in our situation is not troubleshooting, it's living pie in the sky and you're gonna be in trouble for doing that. So I I suggest have the mind frame uh, on you that says, okay, I understand the ideal in life. The ideal is every child that comes to camp will follow all the rules and we don't have to have anything in place to discourage that because they'll just follow them because we asked them to. Mm -hmm. That's the ideal. Yeah, That's not real. The troubleshooter goes in and says, okay, we still want to press towards the ideal, but in the meantime, we're going to make it really hard to break the rules. Mm. That's the troubleshooter. Yeah. And then you make it hard. And I promise you they'll figure out creative ways to break them anyway. Oh, absolutely. And then you keep trying to create things that minimize it. Oh, it's it's what I call camp proof. Yep. It's, it's my way of troubleshooting. I have to make it camp proof. Yep. You know, many people pitch new new game ideas to me, new concepts, and and then I start shooting it down. They're like, "Why you got to be so negative?" I'm not being negative. Yeah. I'm just letting you know how my brain thinks now because I have to troubleshoot every situation to make it camp proof. Right. Before before you even do it, you need to troubleshoot it. And I've learned to troubleshoot ahead of time rather than after the fact. Right. You know. That is that is wise. And what what I'm saying to young people is. Learn to have that mind frame from the beginning. Yeah. Troubleshoot problems, fix them, so you never have to deal with them again. Mm -hmm. Uh, As I grew up, and I've said this before, you know, one of the greatest things that my dad did for me is allow me to make those initial mistakes. That wasn't a big deal. Yeah. But he never wanted to make them twice in a row. He didn't want to. Yeah. Then it was like, why didn't you learn from the first time? Mm -hmm. What he was basically saying is, why didn't you troubleshoot this? Why didn't you figure out that you shouldn't do that? Yeah. Instead, I'm not going to be around the rest of your life telling you you shouldn't do that. You should at some point realize that when you do this, this thing happens. Right. And so you eliminate that. So you don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. That's troubleshooting. And it's a mind frame. Don't make somebody who's over you, if you want to call that in the structure, whatever it might be. Don't make them the ones that have to troubleshoot. Or they might troubleshoot you right out of there. Right. Um, be the one that they can rely on and troubleshoot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Simple principle. As I talk about this, too, I remember one of the things that I love challenging Jason with, and if you're listening and you have young children, is, all right, how do you actually train your children then to do these things? Because if you can train them to do this when they're young, then as they get older, it's going to be a part of who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I act a lot like my dad because he did all these things yeah and you just learned it from him so if you're a a parent you want to teach the first point we made in this one was you want to teach them that you know you're really wanted in life but you're not needed so make everyone else around you successful Mm -hmm. and you'll even be wanted more because 
you're helping them be successful, and that's what we're made to do. Mm-hmm. Never put yourself in a position where you say, I have to be there or it's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. That doesn't mean be irresponsible, though. Right. You know, I mean, so it's a fun thing to teach somebody. It's a fun thing. Uh, what I did with, with uh, younger kids at times was look at them and go, you know, I don't need you. Mm-hmm. They look at me like, huh? No, but I want you. I really enjoy you around. Yeah. I'll just say that line. And they'll look at me, and it, they're too young. They don't even get it. Yeah. You know, oh, thanks. You know, it's like, I think, thanks. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. But they live in a world where if they don't feel needed, they don't feel wanted. Mm. And honestly, nobody's needed that much. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, it's just not. Right. So anyway, that that's one. And the second thing is, of course, I, I if I young kids, I, I would always be, there's a problem in the house. So before I solve it, I might with, how old is, is your oldest? Eight. Yeah. So I might consult them. Mm-hmm. Say, you know what? Like, uh, you talk to me about your fireplace wanting to put out more heat. You know, oh, yeah. What it might be. Burning a lot of logs. Well, maybe you talk with him about it and say, you know what? Here's what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I want you to think about it. I want you to think about what, what can we do differently because we're burning all this wood up. Uh, people do have fireplaces, and it heats the place better than ours does. What do you think we should do with it? Mm-hmm. You know, all you're doing is being transparent and telling them, I want you to problem solve this. Right. You're thinking out loud with them. Yeah. Rather than just looking at dad and mom saying, what are you going to do about this? One of the things I don't like, and we have a group of directors that meet, I don't like when if somebody would look at me and go, what are you going to do about it? Mm. No, what are we going to do about it? How are we going to solve this? Right. You know, if I have to play that role, I will. But that's not the healthiest role. Yeah. The healthiest role is, okay, there's a problem. Let's see what we do to solve it. And I really would like that group to come up with solutions rather than just tell somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. You can ask what they like. You can ask yeah. what they think. But that's what you should be doing with eight-year-olds. Absolutely. And that's part of being part of the solution. Right. You know, it's not that you come up with a solution to have, you know, nothing to do with it. No. The stuff my dad put up with because he was willing, I mean— we were garbage pickers. We've talked about that. So, you, you know, go out there and create some fun. We yep. did. Oh, yeah. You know, we made things. We we took things from people's garbage, put them in the garage, put them together, made bicycles, made skateboards, made scooters, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever we could do. And my dad was always, what could you do with that? Think outside the box. Yeah, you know, to this day, it's it's so incredible to me that I think that Dan, who runs our maintenance, department will see me with junk in the back of my gator Mm -hmm. i was over by the garbage i saw something i grabbed it yeah it's a habit you know Uh, my wife looked out there the other day i don't know if you threw this out or not but i took it Uh, there was a a brass log holder somebody threw out oh i saw that that wasn't mine i saw that i so i put it in the back of my gator she goes what are you doing that i don't know <laughs> I just know it's brass. It's really cool. Oh. I want to. I want to clean it up. And oh, then yeah. she said, and "Then you'll probably throw it out." It's like, okay, fine. Yep. I, I, you know, I don't know yet. I don't need one. That's right. I but, did. I did. I did throw out a smoker. Yeah, I took it. And now and I. Now, then I and threw then it I saw, out. And, <laughs> and then somebody post. else took it. That's right. That's funny. Oh, uh, oh, but that's God. a mind frame. In other words, that was a problem for you, but I'm going to solve it. Yep. I, and when you don't solve it, somebody else takes it. I, I love that mind frame. It's yeah. not. A garbage picker. I'm I'm a problem solver. I'm this was garbage. I'm going to turn it into something. Absolutely. Um, it doesn't always work though. I'll right. tell you. 
you know, but the, the key is always challenging yourself. But unfortunately, uh, we're out of time here on this episode of Younger and Older, and I encourage you to listen to other episodes on silverbridgeranch.org. But for now, for this is Jason Dave and Younger and Older. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>